Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mongolian Adventures podcast, a place for stories about Mongolia for adventurous kids. Get comfortable, snuggle in, and let's begin. Let's begin. This was the farthest Minjin had ever been from the city center. She was a city mouse, born and raised in Narantol Market, with its heaping piles of goods for sale and the crowds of humans and mice who came to shop. She had never, ever been this far up a mountain before, and she for sure had never been near so many trees. But here she was, Minjin, art mystery to be solved, a home to be discovered, mouse on a mission. The thought made her maybe just a little bit tired, but she pushed it down. Now was not the time to let herself get overwhelmed. And today she had worn the best clothes she had for being outside in nature, which admittedly were not that great. But what was a market mouse to do? She hadn't planned on trekking to the forest. This morning she had pulled out of her bag a pair of leggings striped with rainbow colors and a long bright pink dress to go over it. She had a hat on, one with a nice big brim to protect her face and whiskers from the sun. And last but not least, she had on her bright purple high-top sneakers. They even had pretty white flowers all over them that she had painted on with a tiny paintbrush. They had been the envy of all the other mice in the shoe district. Her purple with white flower shoes were not, however, making this hike up to the Bogotan mountain any easier. These nature mice must be in great shape, or maybe they just never left their hidey holes to go anywhere. The mouse transport had dropped her off at the entrance to the hiking area, but now she was walking, or hiking, or something to get to the actual start of the mice community. Minjin's new friend Tina had told her parents she would be coming, and they were waiting to meet her. Minjin paused to look around as she saw a big red gate ahead. That must be the way in. The mountain sloped in on both sides, forming a valley where there was a hiking path and a stream flowing down from the mountain. There were big rocks, long, tall trees with green leaves, and lots and lots of dirt. It was quiet and beautiful and very peaceful. She could hear the birds chattering in the trees, and she wished she had paid attention in class when they had learned some of birdish. Alas, she couldn't remember a single solitary word. As she looked around, she saw two mice waiting next to the gate. She headed over to greet them. Hello, Minjin called, waving her paw. Are you Tina's parents? The two mice turned to look at her, their gray faces smiling. Yes, we are, called Tina's dad, a small, dark, gray mouse with a brown hat and black glasses. He had on nice, sturdy hiking boots and a thick jacket. Welcome to Bogotan, he said. Tina's mom smiled too, waving her paw at Minjin. She was a lighter gray color, but had on jeans and a brown button-up shirt with a pretty silver necklace around her necklace. You must be Minjin, she said. We're so glad you're here. Thank you, Minjin replied. It's very kind of you to have me. I'm Tinun, said Tina's dad, and this is my wife, Anojin. We've got another little walk ahead of us, but then we can have some tea. Minjin followed them up the sloping mountain, listening as Tinun and Anojin pointed out the different kinds of grasses, rocks, and trees around them. 
They crossed over the stream, the cold water flowing around Minjin as she tried to jump from one rock to another. Having never been anywhere near a stream in her life, she wasn't very successful, and she ended up on the other side of the water, almost as wet as if she had just swam across. Don't worry, Tinun said. It takes a while to get a hang of skipping from rock to rock. If you end up deciding to live here, you'll get lots of practice. They made it to a patch of trees in the forest. Each of the trees had a little door carved into it, and windows peeking up from along its side. There were mice walking back and forth, some carrying baby mice or children with them, others pushing small containers of nuts or berries or grass. There were tiny mouse-sized tables and chairs, and several mice sitting outside of their trees, sewing or knitting or mixing food in bowls. Everyone seemed to know each other, saying hello as they passed, or shouting at the children to be careful or to stop running. Tinun and Anujin led her to their own tidy treehouse, where they ushered her in and had her sit in a comfy couch, right by a small fireplace carved into the wall. The house was neat, its wooden floors swept clean and soft, cozy rugs on the floor. Being as they were inside of a tree, the house was a circle, the kitchen built into one side of the wall, the fireplace on the other. To the right of the fireplace was a set of stairs that led up to the next floor, at what Minjin assumed was the bedrooms. Tingon went to the kitchen and began pulling over various nuts and seeds and berries, many of which Minjin did not recognize. As he worked, Anujin sat near Minjin by the fire and asked her questions. Tina said you are from the market, but you are on your 10-year home search. It feels like a long time ago since I went on my own search. How are you finding it so far? I have loved seeing different places and meeting diff new people, said Minjin, but I can't say I am any more clear on where I want to live. It seems that each new place I go, I get a new idea for where I should look next. Oh, yeah. I can remember that feeling, Anujin said, smiling kindly. I was sure I would choose a home far, far away from where I grew up. But after I searched for almost two years, visiting places all over Mongolia, I ended up right back where I started. You grew up here? Minjin asked, a little surprised. It wasn't unheard of, but it was unusual for a mouse to go on their home search and then return to their childhood home. Usually, if a mouse wanted to stay, they just never left on a search at all. I did, she said in reply. I've lived here in the Bogotan Mountains since I was born, and I came back here when I was 12, and have lived here ever since. It is a holy place for me. Minjin considered her words for a moment. A holy place? What does that mean to you? For me, it means simply that I feel the divine here. It's where I feel connected to the earth and to myself and to my community. Those connections help me to feel grounded and steady. I loved the adventure of travel, but this was the place where I felt the peace I knew I wanted. The idea was one that Minjin had not considered yet. Home as a place of connection to herself and to others and to the world. Home as a source of peace. I like that, she said. I will have to remember to think about not just if I like a place, but how that place makes me feel. Tunun came over to the fire then, sharing a plate full of foods that could only be found in the forest. 
I know you may not be used to these foods, he said, but we don't have much in the way of crackers or cheese here. We get our foods from nature, other than when a mouse sometimes goes into the city to shop. Minjin thanked them both and took her time trying the different things on the plate. It was different, but it was also good, and she appreciated the chance to try something new. They talked about Tina as they ate and about her work at Munginzaya. Tinun and Anujin also told Minjin about their son, Bilkum, who was only seven and hadn't yet gone on his home search. He was at school right now with other young mice who lived here on Bogotol. Their school had subjects Minjin hadn't studied before, like gardening, survival courses, and how to find water sources. As they finished eating, Minjin pulled the photo out from her bag and set it on the table in front of them. She explained where it came from and what she was looking for. When I showed this to Tina, she mentioned that you both might know something about it or be able to help me. Does it look familiar to you at all? Anujin took a breath as she looked at the picture Minjin had placed on the table. Follow me, she said, standing up and motioning for Minjin to follow her up the stairs. They walked up to the second floor of the tree. It was another warm and cozy circular room. It had shelves and shelves of books that curved around with the tree. Soft couches and many paintings hung on the walls in between the bookshelves. As Minjin looked at the paintings on the walls, she understood why Tina had sent her here to her parents' home. They were very similar to the famous One Day in Mongolia piece, but not exactly. Each depicted scene of, of hu scenes of humans doing different daily tasks. Did you see how the size of the humans matched the two in your photo? Anujin asked her, moving closer to the painting. It looks very much to me that your piece came from a larger painting like one of these. Minjin nodded in agreement and looked at the photo in her hands again. The two shapes were humans, but it was hard to tell what they were doing. I think you need to find more pieces to have an idea of what yours looks like, or where the bigger piece could be, Anujin said thoughtfully. That seems to me to be the next step on your search. All of the ones we have are complete and don't have any figures that match the piece you have, but there are several places you could go next to keep looking. She smiled as she turned to Minjin. Which would you rather do first? Go shopping or see a huge piece of outdoor art? Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mongolian Adventures podcast. You can find more information about the podcast as well as lesson plans for educators at www.mongolianadventurespodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Mongolian Adventures Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Mongolian ADV Pod. We'd love for you to draw a picture or create artwork based off of today's story. Send us your pictures at mongolian.adventures.podcast at gmail.com and maybe you'll see it featured on our social media. Until next time! May your adventures be big and your dreams even bigger.